0: A trio of Easter ducklings made of chocolate is now in the crosshairs of political correctness. This is The Focus Group, Unbuttoned. It's The
1: Focus Group, Unbuttoned, with Tim
0: Bennett and John Nash. An
1: off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events.
0: Welcome to TFG Unbutton. This is John Nash here in New York, and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host Tim Bennett in Philadelphia. You can find us here every Tuesday on Unbuttoned, and we hope that you download the show on a regular basis, like us, and of course subscribe to us. We want to thank our partner here on Unbuttoned, TFG Unbutton. That is Critics' Choice Video. They're America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, and they've been our um, movie authority here on TFG Unbutton. For the last two years now, has it been two years, Tim? Almost two years, right?
1: I, I don't know. Has it been that long?
0: <laughs> so, sorry to catch you off guard. No, no, I'm trying no. to you remember. I don't know.
1: As you said that, I thought, has it only been a year that we've done the podcast? Or I guess we'd have to see how many podcasts we have.
0: Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the original, but I, I think we've. Yeah, I'll have to. I, I think one it's a least week over if we've done now. over fifty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting up there. So, welcome to the pre-holiday. TFGM button and the holiday I'm referring to of course is um well not of course but I'll mention it. it's it's Easter isn't it also Passover and, have, and Passover is arriving and it's that time of year and uh you know we, last week was that big blizzard in the midwest which it was 80 degrees one day in Denver and then the next they were having uh I don't know how many feet of, I think they didn't get as quite as much but other areas got up to 2 feet and then they they had these video clips you'd see of trucks blowing over on the <laughs> on the freeway and you're like wow that is windy but uh, you know i love when they interview people um like the joe on the spot and they interviewed a guy in the midwest and they said what do you think of this weather he just shrugged he goes it's it's the midwest and it's spring we get this all the time you know one day it's 80 and the next day it's 30 and it's or 10 below zero or something they just shrug uh, i yeah, <laughs> yeah that i always do it's kind of like being in upstate new york like, oh my god snow's coming they're like yeah, you have to shovel tomorrow. I mean, it's it reminds me <laughs> when we were kids and before all this weather prognostication hit the things. So we have um we've collected, we've curated, we've curated three stories for the week. Two are sort of, no, they're not sort of. They are Easter themed, or at least they have an Easter background. And the first one though comes to us from uh, I think it was NPR where I read this piece. I see it here on it's on NBC's uh, Out News site. And in the headline reads, more than half of banned books challenged for LGBTQ content. The American Library Association noted there's a greater number of challenges to LGBTQ books, especially those with transgender characters. So this is a, um, a report or a survey that's put together every year by uh, librarians, and it is a, a look at what communities are trying to ban or remove from uh, library bookshelves. I think that my first take on this, before we get into the 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 fact that many of the books are being targeted because they're LGBTQ, is I wasn't aware that we 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 banned books at all, um, and that's probably my how be, me being naive because I do go to the library, I do take books out now and then, but I mostly buy books, so maybe I've missed this. But there is an active active group of people who seek to change what the library has on its shelves, right? Well, the
1: library and also public schools, but you remember I think growing up there was an issue with a couple of books growing up we had and I wish I could remember the one because there was one particular page and in Connecticut they refused to take the book out of the library, but I think it was like page 82 you could turn to it and you just saw the F word and another another swear word in it. And it was in the, the children's section of the library and I can still remember at Rochambeau Elementary School and it was the big thing to go find that book. And that one page was all dog-eared and <laughs> and dirty. But, God, I wish I could remember the name of the book. But now it would probably be so tame. But there was a the big deal that it had profanity in it. And they wanted it out of the library. But, um, you know, the kids sought it out. None of us were bad for it. We were all, thought we saw something taboo because we saw a bad word written. But I don't think it it made us any different.
0: No, no, it's it, and and the it's the American Library Association that um, keeps this list, and I'll quote this woman named Deborah Caldwell Stone, and she said, "Books for youth with LGBTQ plus content are consistently on our list of most challenged books." This trend goes back to the mid nineteen nineties when Nancy Garden's Annie on My Mind was banned by a school board in Texas. Deborah Caldwell said she's the interim director of the American Library Association. She said, that said, we are noticing a greater number of challenges to books with LGBTQ content, especially those that have transgender characters. So they went through a couple of titles that have been repeatedly um, brought up in either town board meetings or, I guess, brought to the attention of the library. And the and and they routinely are like, um, she said, here are the five other books. Well, so here's some of the books that did it. Um, Captain Underpants, which I think a lot of people have heard of. The main, I think the, the little boy's gay in that. There's a thing called Drama, and there's This Day in June, and here's another book title that you could imagine some people just are in twisted and knots over. Two Boys Kissing. <laughs> oh, that's an Al-Five over there. <laughs> two Boys Kissing. Two, boy, two Boys Kissing? Yeah, that's the name of the. That's one of the titles. Um, so, here was my biggest takeaway. Hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it really wasn't about the books. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but all the different ways that we said LGBT. So one person was interviewed and it was LGBTQ. Another person was mm-hmm. interviewed and it was LGBTIQ plus. Another person was interviewed. It was LGBTQIA plus.
0: Uh, yeah, I did notice that, uh, so, by the but, way. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> what anyway
0: <laughs> we'll stick with lgbt I, you right you know
1: I, what or or do what they did in britain which made the most sense LGB, L, LGB LGBT, lgb and
0: t and t i thought that was really really and then and it covered way, everything kind of,
1: yeah. yeah all the queer intersex i don't know what the a is i guess asexual i don't know but I, I so, saw um, I saw all this, and I just thought, I immediately got...
0: I, 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 that's interesting you picked up on that, because I was thinking about it myself. And in another part of the article, it says, Th- though the American Library Association tracked 483 books that were challenged or banned this year in public libraries or schools, it noted that many challenges and bans go unreported. And that's what I, to reference what I said earlier when I kicked off this article, is I wasn't aware that some of this stuff was going on, but they say it right there it, a lot of it just goes unreported and it could be happening at a very small town level well, she right, finishes yeah. by say, she says she finishes by saying the good news in all of this is that there are good people willing to defend the freedom to read more than 200 books were donated to Orange City Library in the wake of the book burning um and that hap- that was out in Orange City Iowa i believe and there was a guy that checked out a bunch of books that were about il- kids books with lgbt characters and he burned them and and he made a public spectacle of himself. He was the only person doing it. It was you and I actually reported this many 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 months ago. So the citizens of that um, town actually uh, donated 200 books and they raised thousands of dollars to replace other books that had been, you know, destroyed or tampered with. It's just it's just I I just it's just a different. I don't remember this as a kid. I remember sometimes a book being controversial, but I don't remember people saying ban it or burn it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm guessing if, if during the time we were growing up, it might have had a more of a racial overtone of an interracial couple, perhaps that may have been the, the, uh, the big controversy back then. But uh, there certainly weren't anything that I remember that was was LGBT focused. But there were some other ones here. They talked about Mexican stereotypes and teen suicide and some other books that they've they wanted banned. But I often, I, I in advertising and marketing, we know you you do anything and there's somebody there to complain about it.
0: Yep. So no doubt about it. So th- and and in fact, you try to you try to bulletproof yourself for it, but good luck. This next story you found it just shook my head. <laughs> this is this has come from the uk so it's uh, the headline reads store withdraws cho- chocolate ducklings over racism complaint okay there's a store in the uk a chain of grocery stores called waitrose uh w-a-i-t-r-o-s-e so waitrose um and there's the waitrose trio of chocolate easter ducklings which apparently have been something of an institution for years it contains a milk chocolate a white chocolate And a dark chocolate version, which were named, uh, or actually, it's the white. It's white, dark, and 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 white milk and dark, and fluffy. I suppose is the uh, either the white chocolate or the milk chocolate. There's crispy, is another one. And these are made-up names for these chocolate ducks. You're going to eat, right? And then ugly is the name of the dark chocolate one. So someone over, you know, someone on Twitter over here, they they were in a store. They overheard a woman saying, "This is not right." And what do they do? They tweet this thing out about the Ducks' names and how dare they associate the name ugly with the dark chocolate one. (laughs) Wait, Rose, hears this, apologizes in a short statement, pulls the product, relabels it, and then puts it back on the shelves and apologizes. What if the ugly one was the white chocolate one? Well, yeah. There you go. Would somebody have said, I don't know. I immediately
1: went right to what the very end of says. One possible explanation for the naming is a reference to the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, the ugly duckling. We all know the ugly duckling grew up to be a swan, right? But unfortunately, the duckling was bullied. So they bring that up in the story. But everyone knows of the ugly duckling, right? And my my guess is the crispy one probably has those Rice Krispie little, you know, like a Nestle's Crunch bar. And fluffy was the was the white one, that was the the white chocolate. I I think this was if I were that company, I would have just ignored the whole thing. But I guess you know everybody is so ridiculously sensitive these days. I I don't I don't get it.
0: You know I I just wonder. I, here's something. You you when we were driving one time one of our road trips, we were driving across country. And we saw billboards and signs and things in store windows. It just made us laugh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there was a typo. Sometimes it was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like on the, I forget where we were, but every twenty feet or every half mile, whatever, it was a billboard for this Indian trinket shop. Oh yeah, and and it was jade and amethyst and moccasins and you, you know, depending on. Your sensibility, you'd either be super offended, how dare they, or you'd be us. You'd be like, oh my God, either we stop at the store and we check out what they're saying. Well, it's like the south of the
1: border thing. If you drive on 95 South to South Carolina, Pedro says, pull over. You know, he's got the sombrero on the maracas. It's, but you, you, and I was just two years ago, I went by and I was laughing about it because I thought you can't do that anymore. Nor could you show any Warner Brothers cartoon. You couldn't show Speedy Gonzalez or, quickdraw mcgraw or any of these kind of people right um because you're the tasmanian devil um, oh.
0: <laughs> well maybe you can get away with the tasmanian devil because i don't know many people from tasmania but <laughs> but this just i if, if i don't know this is one of those things that i might have laughed to myself privately if i overheard that well or, or but if would I you thought, have wow, looked at that little...
1: package would you have looked at that package what if it what if it said um um, fluffy, crispy, and fancy.
0: I wouldn't have thought. Would you think? Oh, oh fancy's I get what you're gay. Going at. Fan- oh, that's gay. How, that's they're making dare fun you of gays. Do that. Yeah. Or yeah. I see your point. I see your point. Or,
1: yeah. But, but would you be offended and start? I I can't believe they did that. I I I don't know. Particularly when they're ducks, and everybody knows about the ugly duckling. That's why I. That's why this whole thing to me, I just thought was was a made up controversy. But. Um, It's just amazing what people get upset about.
0: Yeah, to play devil's, I guess to play devil's advocate or to see the point of view that this person who tweeted this out, if it offends, it offends. And I remember someone from a, a large company, a media company, telling me one day they went through this with something, with a show they were producing, and they had to change an entire part of this show. And in fact, part of the show is built around this term they used. And she just said, you know, at the end of the day, the, the senior vice president said, if it makes someone uncomfortable, it makes them uncomfortable. We'll change it. And I, I get where they, they just draw the line. They're like, someone's uncomfortable. I'm not going to analyze this till the cows come home. We'll change the names. I think Wade Rose probably did the same thing. I would be curious if other people complained and if they did it for this one thing. I God bless them.
1: <laughs> How long? They've been signing them forever, right?
0: I don't know if they always had names, but the ducks have been a regular. They're 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 kind of something that have always shown up on the store shelves. Yeah. yeah. So one last um, Easter story Tim found, and it takes, it's he, from here in New Jersey. There's a dentist, and I think it's Clifton Park or Clifton, Clifton,
1: New Jersey. Yeah.
0: And he does displays outside <laughs> his house, and so what he did this year was there's all these metallic eggs laying around, and then there's five mannequins leggy mannequins and they're wearing fishnet stockings leotards like a like a leotard thing or like one of them's wearing a pink dress they have these colorful wigs on garter belts garter belts the, and and basically it's colorful wigs you know they're, they're practically like playboy bunnies i suppose and many people have stopped and taken pictures and and laughed, because they're they're mannequins. I mean, I, I'm looking at some of the pictures right now, and there's no way I would mistake these for actual people. But then you just had an update to this. So there was controversy. People, the mayor of the town said, this is a First Amendment issue. He's not hurting anybody. It's on his property. Some people are getting a kick out of it. Some don't like it. But then you had a strange little update that happened here, right? Well, apparently one of the women in the
1: neighborhood thought it was offensive and disgusting. She went to the door to find out what was going on and wasn't pleased with, the woman who answered the door wouldn't really give too much information, so she attacked the mannequins with her, her, um, her shears, her uh, lawn shears, and started hacking at the mannequins. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. So um, she went and destroyed the mannequins, or some of them. They said there was about $1,000, up to $1,000 worth of damage, and uh, the owner has tried to get a restraining order against the woman, and he says he's going to put the mannequins back together. She took responsibility in her own hand, she said.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's, I'm looking at a Twitter video, and it was posted by a, a, a local anchor guy or newscaster named Andrew Ramos. And he says, the woman, as you can see, takes apart the entire display. So then you, you watch, and she's got these shears, and she's going at these poor mannequins. And he says, when I asked her if she was concerned about getting a fine or being arrested for destroying someone else's property, she said, no, I think it would be worth it. And she th- she thought this was a shameful <laughs> representation of women. They're, they're I could like, go on like they They're like
1: those Barbarella girls from the 60s, right? The Playboy oh, bunnies. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I could go out on a limb and say, you know— you, you, they're not really a representation of anything. They're mannequins. I mean, they're in the shape of a well, woman. Well, one's got a blue I, wig, I get, I one's got a green thing, wig, but... one's got a purple wig. They
1: all have Playboy bunny ears on. One's in a ninety. Yeah. I mean, one's in a bustier. One's in a ninety. I love the one with <laughs> the little bucket, little rabbit bucket with candy and eggs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would go by and laugh.
0: I don't know. And, and the, the 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 point that Tim's making so well is, if you saw the expressions on the <laughs> mannequin's faces, it looked like Melania these are from. <laughs> Yeah, these are from store windows, they right? Like, They're, oh, that's shop. You know, they had these, like, bewildered the or vacant, surprised The vacant look.
1: How did I get to be first lady? <laughs>
0: <laughs> one is dressed in a pink wig. That's a pink The one with the purple wig has this funny face. Her mouth is open. It's like she's screaming or something. And he turned her head, and she's got this almost, like, the ears on her—they're barely bunny ears. They almost look like Mickey Mouse. Ears. Oh, I'll, I don't know. post I this. I'm going to post this. this to
1: our Facebook page, which is Focus Group Radio on Facebook, so you can see the pictures.
0: I would have laughed. <laughs> I, I just—this is the kind of thing I would. Hey, there was a house in Palm Springs. It's probably still there. That every year the guy strings up thousands of Christmas lights. I don't know what the, his electric bill is, but people from all over come and drive around and watch this. Um. This display of lights. You could imagine if you live in the neighborhood, you might be pissed off about this because there's people walking at night, there's cars coming, and, and then of course it looks like you could probably see it from space, it's so bright. I don't ever, ever remember hearing anybody taking gardening shears to the Christmas display, because it's just lights, yeah. right? Maybe because it's mannequins, I don't know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Alright, so you're going to post that to Facebook, right? Yeah. That wraps up our, our three little uh, one serious and two kind of you know, Eastery fun. <laughs> As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been a partner of ours here on Unbutton, and we would like you to visit their site by going to ours, focusgroupradio.com. Uh, click on the Critics' Choice logo, and while you're at focusgroupradio.com, you could check out all our media, including our Wednesday show, which airs on Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m., and all our media can be found at focusgroupradio.com. So, When you go to Critics' Choice Video, if you haven't done so already, I always urge listeners to request a catalog. Upper left corner of the site, there's there's a little blue box, request catalog. It's my preferred way of shopping lately because it's non-linear. I'll flip the catalog up into a a random thing like drama or action adventure, and I'll see something that I want to see. It's tactile, um, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's tactile indeed, yeah. So did anything catch your eye in particular?
1: Well, it's something that, I, something did catch my eye, because, it, but it's something you've talked about before. But uh, I wanted to add this to my collection because I saw that it was on, um, this time of year it seems to be sometimes on TV, but I never catch it. And for $5.49, you can't beat it. it. It's a mad, 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 mad world. The original. Right, the original was Spencer Tracy, Milton Berle, um, Sid Caesar, Buddy Hackett, Ethel Merman, Mickey Rooney, Phil Silvers, I mean, you name it, and it's um just one of those madcap '60s camp movies that I don't think they could ever make again.
0: It, you know, I I th- the movie holds up for me. And by the way, I think the print that you're talking about, the Critics' Choice uh, one that they offer, might have been restored, or re- it's it might have been you know cleaned up. It still holds water for me. I saw it the other day and I came in about halfway through and they're literally just trying to all get out to that, the W, (laughs) you know, the palm trees that make the W. And it was on T, it was probably on Turner Classic Movies because uh, Ben Mankiewicz, who's one of the hosts of TCM, set it up and talked about, this is one of Spencer Tracy's last movies and he does a great turn in it. And I don't know if, you know, to answer your question, I don't know if they could do something like this again because it pulled together all the great comedy. Jonathan Winters is in the yeah. movie. He's classic. Well, right? to get all those all stars break-
1: together with all their egos. I don't know if back then it was a studio thing, so you had to do it. Betty Davis talked about that, how if you were with the studio, you did what the studio told you. So I don't know if these people were all under the same studio, but you think about that amount of talent that they put together, I don't think, other than maybe sometimes with a Bond movie, maybe they add some talent, but certainly not the level, level of it, of this movie. So... But uh, hey, so head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Critics' Choice video. You can get It's a mad, 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 mad world. You got to say it five times. I thought um, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was so great as a little kid when I noticed the W myself. So uh, we hope everybody has a happy, happy holiday, happy Easter if you celebrate it, happy Passover if you celebrate it. Is it do you say happy Passover? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I think you do. We're not you know, I usually not say have a, have a good passover. I I usually
0: say have a enjoy your passover. Enjoy your
1: passover. Okay. So that's what we'll say. Enjoy your passover and happy Easter. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Take care. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John Unbuttoned and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.